Speaking of this podcast, welcome to Shame Watch. It's re- it's Aaron, you're absolutely movie, right. Massive movie it is much easier because it's to easier to just Each shit on it. We look at a movie that either we or a guest love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the I mean, I don't like are. to shit on things, Today, but sometimes you just have to. We are to. grabbing our fancy dog out of the, its nest, and we're riding into town, and we're killing folks. So, well, you can just fit. Oh, you're recording separate audio tracks. Those uh, are sloppiest well, intro. Yeah, we'll just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you could. You could j- just. Yeah. Nah, keep nah let's keep, keep it, it over. <laughs> this is an episode with the boys. Not the Amazon Prime show, The Boys, uh, created by Eric Kimke, uh, who also created Supernatural, who's from Toledo, Ohio. And what's this? Toledo, Ohio is right next to, you guessed it, Bowling Green, Dayton. Ohio. Oh. It, it's about three hours away from Dayton. Uh, but good old Two Hill, Bowling Green, Ohio. Uh, Have you noticed that everything is three hours away from Dayton? Yeah, Austin, San Antonio, Portland, just so much. Alaska, Juneau, Alaska, <laughs> just that Beijing, China. I've been watching way too much BoJack Horseman recently, and by that I mean I've been binging BoJack Horseman. I'm on season five. You should watch Ted Lasso instead. Yeah, I'll yeah. get there once I get Apple TV. I mean, Aaron, give me your login. Yeah, okay, no problem. Oh, um, add it to the sheet. Thanks. But, but it's about it's about soccer, James. Is it about soccer? I thought it was about it politics. Is. No, it it's it's a it's a football coach from Wichita State goes to coach a football club in London. Oh, I'm a hundred percent in now. And it's why cute. Didn't you, why didn't you pitch that before? That's a great question. As per <laughs> usual, you are correct, James. That would have been the perfect pitch. I d- we definitely should have said it's about soccer. We is dropped it actually the ball about that. soccer. Is that a real? Is that the real pitch? There's a soccer game in there. Okay. Okay. But it is. It's about a soccer organization. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is. Like it, there's so- like it. That's the like the groundworks of it. Of course, it's like the day to day life about the coach and stuff. But that's the groundworks of it. That's the whole uh, I'm launching point it, of it. Yeah. It, it's a fun time, man. Well, you probably hate all of the soccer references. They're probably getting it wrong, sure. Probably. But it's delightful. But it's fooling me and Kenny. We're not bothered by it at all. I, I don't know, because like, uh, that's created by Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs. And every, I shouldn't say every, but most of like people in medicine and like nurses and doctors say Scrubs is more like like their work than Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. House. I get that. Okay, I see that. Wow. Yeah. I make. Yeah, wow. Dude. Okay. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Uh, season five of uh, Scrubs. Na 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 na. No, it's na 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 na. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. Uh, that's season eight. My na na na. Uh, I like. I like the Chocolate King. Whenever JD thinks about his dream job. Oh yeah. Uh, season chocolate. Uh, season two. I think it's just my dream job. And he's the chocolate the king, and then he bends. Can. Yeah, and he, just, he, he, he he bends over and he grabs Turk's hand, yeah. and he's like, "Dude, how am I gonna finish my memos?" And then JD is, mm. JD is like, mm. "Oh, I could do a whole uh, Scrubs podcast. I love Scrubs. I've never seen a single episode of Scrubs. Do you want to binge watch? It's Scrubs pretty darn with me? delightful. 
It, it is really great. I I, 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 I believe you. Love it. I I just anyway. I mean, if you like Bill Lawrence and Ted about Lasso, you like um, you like Scrubs. Yeah, you're anyway. right. I shouldn't watch it. Uh, yeah, don't do it. It's not all on Hulu, so you don't. Although I will say, uh, because of copyright things, they've changed some things on the streaming versions of Scrubs. I've got the original DVDs, which are the original cuts. Um, also, although there's also some weird stuff going. Okay, I'm talking about uh, too much about Scrubs. Uh, well, we'll just cut this out. It's fine. No, nah, we're gonna leave it in. Uh, we're talking about Riddick today. We're finishing November with some Riddick, the final trilogy in the Riddick, because you can't call it the Chronicles of Riddick, because that's the second one in the space opera of Richard B. Rick. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Aaron. Oh, also, that's Aaron. Hey guys, my name's Aaron. And, and uh, below me is our uh, chief executive archivist. Hey, guys, I'm Kenny. And Olivia can't make it. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is coming oh, out Oh, yeah, this is our Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> and what's Riddick. better to give thanks <laughs> to Riddick and Vin Diesel? Uh, hey... Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Can you grab this wishbone with me? Just grab this wishbone with me. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Snap. <sighs> oh, Aaron, you got the bigger piece. I did. What's your wish. Okay. All right. Wish I may, with all my might. Okay. Now you have to tell us in a year. I. To see oh, if it okay. Came true. Uh, can you write that down in the in the spreadsheet? In exactly one year, Aaron has to tell us what he wished for on the Riddick episode of the podcast. It was for James to die of typhoid. <laughs> we'll see you in a year. And then we uh, smash cut to. Typhoid is so specific. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, we watched Riddick. Um, y'all. I liked it. It was better than Pitch Black. It's better than Pitch Black. <laughs> that, that's that's I ah oh man. It's just they didn't give them a budget, so it looked cheap. But we got Dave Batista, and I'm not gonna yeah. lie, kind of a big fan of Batista. Like yeah, I kind of like him more than Rock. That might just be me. He's just not. He doesn't have the same charm as Rock. Cause like I, I don't, I don't. Oh, sorry. You you keep going, James. I talk all the time. Uh, I'm shut up. Well, I was just gonna say like, I I think they're both charismatic in their own way. But Rock is very much like outwardly like life of the party charismatic, where Dave Batista is more like inviting in and more reserved, but still charming. So it's just a different type. So it uh, creates different dynamics. Dave Bautista does not strike me as a diva the same way that The Rock does. No. And also, Dave Bautista bothers to try and do different things. Like, he was in Skyfall, which was directed by Sam... Or not Skyfall, Spectre, which was directed by Sam Mendes. 
the execution of that movie is very much in for uh debate uh he's in dune he's in blade runner 2049 because uh, of this kids movies too guardians like he, of the galaxy yeah guardians hotel artemis um he I, he's he strikes me as a person that would like to challenge himself with things as opposed to the rock which is very much is this the brand yeah does this fit into the brand how can i expand the brand yeah and de patisa's not that guy yeah with with the rock it kind of seems and i and i think this goes back to his days in wwe like i am the rock i am you know i'm the bull you know, raised eyebrow. I got to fit this brand. And now it's like expanded a little bit more. And Dave Batista, when he was a wrestler, he was just the big dude. That That's all. That was his shtick. He didn't have like a thing like where he was charismatic on the mic. He didn't have to be. But at the same time, I think that's what makes him a little bit more genuine than The Rock, which is why I like him. Like, like yeah. with The Rock, it seems like he'd give you a hug. But at the same time, you're like, there's a camera around, isn't there? Like you, you did this just for the camera. And with Dave Batista, he's a genuine ally. Uh, yeah. He's spoken advocately, you know, like when somebody says homophobic terms, he straights up like, yeah, please say it to my face and we'll see if we have that, you know, if you'll have that continued argument. And and not to say that I'm, you know, condoning violence or anything, but he's very much so, you know, an advocate and, and he's just a nice guy. He, it's going to sound really strange, but I know people with with autism or people on the spectrum felt like they kind of had a character with with Drax and you know Dave Batiste didn't even realize he was doing that mm -hmm. and he was like I you know if, if you feel empowered by that by all means I, I'm glad that you feel like you have a superhero with that so I think I think he doesn't get a lot of credit I, I really do like yeah. Dave Batista. yeah yeah Rock is definitely a ham and um, Dave Batista just can... genuine for sure you could see The Rock kind of stealing his character in The Fast and the Furious to be more in brand for The Rock as opposed to where he started off at, at in Fast Five, where he basically just kicks off the plane. He's like, fuck you, give me guns. And then at, in The Fate of the Furious, he's coaching a, a girl's soccer team, which is funny and cute and stuff. And, and also it strikes that strikes me more as i would as the rock going i want my character to coach a little girl's soccer team because that would make me more appeal to families because the brand is all about the brand yeah it's like save the cat not against i'm never against people ca coaching little girls soccer teams that's i'm for that I, you've you always you've always a little girl soccer team. hold on it depends on who's coaching everyone no we should all take a little girl's no. soccer team under our no. wing and coach them no. if ted lasso can do it then so go away i haven't seen so i can't rate his coaching ability me and aaron after this after this pandemic's over we're gonna adopt a soccer team oh yep. i would watch that and they're <laughs> gonna take your team james down yeah we're oh. gonna fuck your team i up, would james. love to be the villain in this story <laughs> the like you're definitely this. the Lane Smith. I was going to say that. Story. Yeah, I am fully on board on this movie pitch because oh, I'm pretentious and I know soccer. Oh, uh, if you if you shave your face and then you keep your hair at its length and then just slick it back. 
I, then wear a, bla- a black turtleneck with black pants. I'll do it. Let's film this. Let's to to this an outdoor spring soccer game. <laughs> yeah, right. It'll be right. perfect. You'll yeah. be the perfect villain. <laughs> you have to suffer to play soccer. Just have all these little girls just chanting, kill, 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 kill. destroy, destroy, annihilate, annihilate. Okay, go get them. And then in the first act, uh, to show just how good my team is, uh, we'll score 10 points and uh, the ref will go to call the game because of the 10, like, you know, the 10 goal difference rule that only exists in like U9. And I'll go, no, we're playing until the time is up. And then the final score will be 35 to zero. Meanwhile, mine and yeah. uh, Kenny's team are shaking uh, the opposing players' hands when they score on them. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, been like on that and, team before. <laughs> me and Aaron give up just immediately. We're just, just like, ooh, he looks like he prepared. Woo. He I looks like we he runs for fun. <laughs> I thought we were just having fun. Jeez. He seems like he wants to win. Well, he probably deserves it. He looks like he put in a lot of work. Guys, we all get a pizza party at the end of the season. No need to go this hard. We're <laughs> Only relaxed. winners get lemon slices. <laughs> Lemon slices, not orange no, slices. You're giving slices. your ki- you're That's giving right. the kids on your team lemon slices because the bitterness <laughs> will teach you about life. <laughs> I've been wanting to play this character for years. This is my role. This is my breakout role. And I'll give I don't fruit want snacks. Citrus anymore, Mister Fire. You're gonna drink it because champions drink uh, citrus. Eat it or squirt Anyways, it in your eyes. Either way, it's Riddick. The film we're talking about is indeed Riddick. Um, and I will say, and I, I'm, I'm all for body positivity, and I'm all looking out for folks. Vin was a little thicker in this one. Yeah, yeah. He, he's looking good. He's, he's looking good. He he put on a little bit of a, a plumpness. I liked it. It still worked. But uh, it, I didn't realize this was in 2013. Yeah, I saw yes. that. And I also read the fact that... Uh, uh, I, I saw in the fact that uh, he the only reason he appeared in uh, Tokyo Drift was so he'd get the rights to this uh, movie. Remember mm-hmm. the franchise? To the franchise. franchise. The franchise. So he could make yep. this movie. Which is weird because it's still distributed by Universal, um, which is the studio that put out Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick. Right. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, well, I, they can I, distribute it, and he still owns it, though, right? I guess so. I don't exactly know what the rights are at this point, or 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 how all of that works. It's definitely made on a budget, and I know, <sighs> at least according to the IMDb trivia, that they ran out of money at one point, so Vin just funded it from his own pockets mm-hmm. until that bank which, loan came through, right? I think so. Yeah, that, and I which just uh, I'm I'm all about filmmakers just going hard on on that and going no i believe in this project so much i'm putting my personal wealth on the line one of the reasons why i like m night Shyamalan uh at this point in time you can definitely have issues with glass and stuff but also like his last three movies have been completely self-financed nice so he he's doing his own stuff the way that he wants to and taking like the risk is on him so that's that's the whole reason for me wanting to get a ux job and uh, future employers don't listen to this the sole reason why i want to get a ux job so i can fund my own short films and eventually films yeah i know some companies are just 
once they got like especially with like the Weinstein company like once oh, wow. some filmmakers were realizing the you know the atrocities of Harvey um they just bought the rights to the film and just distributed it themselves like after the aftermath I think the Good. maker of Wind River did it he was like oh fuck fuck Harvey and he just started distributing it on his own yeah but the movie we're talking about is, is Riddick. Is Riddick. Yeah. And had any of us seen this before? No. Yes. I You had. I had seen this before. Um when it like early came out early. I think to be honest, this was one of my uh brain surgery recovery movies. <laughs> like really? I was, I was stood up in a in a in a bed, so I just watched this and I don't remember which part was just medication and which part was the actual movie but it all felt the same rewatching it yeah i was about to say aaron i'm here to tell you none of it was the medication it's all movie. <laughs> it's a pretty wild movie it's a it, pretty it, fun movie it's it's very strange the beginning and and especially when i learned that the original pitch idea was to have riddick go into the underverse huh. to try and, and look for kira uh, and bring her back. I huh. think that might have been a little yes. bit better. <laughs> I yeah. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. But, but first, we need to talk about if you feel any shame bringing this movie before us. Oh yeah, we need to do the context. We're adding the context. Uh, Twenty-four minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> this is a messy episode, y'all. We're just thankful of each other. A, a, yeah. a little a little a little bit of shame uh, yeah there's some shame to it the, the graphics are bad there, there's yeah there there's a huge piece of shame uh in here that i think is outrageously valid yeah to feel shame about the graphics uh, are bad the wait is there is there bad stuff coming uh if you will get to it if you tell we'll me like after we praise dave batista for like 10 minutes straight and it I turns out he's just being convicted for murder problematic yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, no. Dave Batista was busted for just breaking puppies' necks. <laughs> oh like my he was God. just uh, he was running a puppy mill, and the only reason that he was running the puppy mill was just to break the puppies' necks. Uh, oh God! Don't oh. don't put that on his name even a bit. Dave Batista's too good for this world. Oh, uh, speaking of too good for this world, some people think that this movie is anything but. And I will read that opinion in a segment that we like to call the context. Hit it, Olivia. Context. Nice. Even when she's not here, she's here. Hell That's yeah. Right. Always in our hearts. One of the things that we like to do for people that are starting specifically with this episode, the Riddick episode, <laughs> is that we like to add a little bit of context about why someone might feel some shame about the movies that they bring to us. So in a review titled Riddick Review, Men Will Be Boys by Marianne Johansson of flickphilosopher.com, Published Friday, September 6, 2013 at 1.31 a.m. Marianne, you can't be Bernie the Candle at both ends, girl. It's too late. You got to take a nap. Yeah. Go sleep. Go sleep. And the review starts. Gotta hand it to David Toohey. With this, his third outing with the spacefaring sociopath Riddick, Toohey has decided to simply dispense with all pretense of the modern action blockbuster is anything other than the confused, terrified power fantasy of a particularly sheltered and emotionally stunted teenaged boy. 
I would say this is refreshing, but it's mostly just sad. I mean, it's nice to sweep away all the bullshit, but what's left is just plain risible. How do we know this is all about what a real man is? Because here in Riddick, Vin Diesel gets the opportunity to measure himself against two different bands of mercenaries who come to bounty hunt him to death. There is Santana, leader of the first group to arrive, clearly a weak, spineless coward. He kills their female prisoner because he's gotten tired of raping her. Later, he tries to rape Dahl, second in command of the other more professional group, and the only female character after the unnamed raped woman is murdered. But she beats him up because that's what she does. She's a gal who doesn't fuck men, but she does fuck them up sometimes. We may compare this behavior to Riddick, who doesn't need to rape. Back with the Necromongers, we cannot miss his mute naked concubines, four of them in his bed at a time. And he is so irresistible that even Dahl, who is either actually a lesbian, lesbian or pretends to be so she'll be left alone, eventually gives in to Riddick, who needs nothing but crude come-ons and sexualized taunting to make Dahl swoon. Got all that? Wimpy guys rape women, yet can conversely get beaten up by women. A real man just tells women, even women who don't fuck men but do fuck men up, that they're going to want nasty sex with them, and they do! It's like magic! There's also some stuff about horse tranquilizers that I won't spoil, but trust me, it is vital for illustrating what a real man is. Does Tui understand what he's done here? Is he consciously pandering to the weak and the powerless who don't really understand what strength and power are and consciously reinforcing those wrongheaded notions? Or does Tui simply unironically believe that this is all so super cool awesome that no one couldn't not want to be Riddick. Oof. Well. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, she's not wrong. She's not wrong at all. She's no. not no. wrong. Some would say that she is correct. Yeah. Very correct. It it, it took such a strange turn from Chronicles. Riddick is he's a sexual assaulter in this one. Very, yeah. Which is weird that this movie made 13 years after the original would have even more regressive gender politics than the first movie which came out 13 years ago yeah it, it kind of makes me think that like vin diesel was just like on a modern warfare discord server with 13 year old boys oh my heard God. how they heard how they talked about women and he was yeah. just like guess this is what the kids want and then just made this it it's yeah. stupid modern warfare it's a dumb game probably modern warfare 2 sure. at the time yeah it, it's i i it's very so much strange. liked this i very much liked this movie and also the gender politics of this movie are so actively repugnant yeah. it is supremely awful to the point where it ruins the movie yeah like he, Riddick is a straight up, uh, he doesn't technically rape anyone, but he pretty much sexually assaults someone in this movie, or like at least is is leering uncomfortably with the one female character who is Katie Sackhoff, who played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica, and that character is truly one of the great 
TV characters, which I hate that Battlestar Galactica was kind of ruined by The Office because you have Starbuck as a character and she is so rich and complex and damaged and not just the tough girl with a gun. Like there's some very interesting psychology behind it. And to see Katie Sackhoff kind of get relegated to being second banana mm-hmm. is because she's such a great actress. For for the listener, uh, Aaron has just logged off and then James just kind of looks shell-shocked. I, I just, it's a lot, man. Uh, Look, happy happy Thanksgiving. Happy guys. Thanksgiving. You know, enjoy that turkey, um, and not sexually assaulting people. Like just yeah. being nice to each other. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's things that we like about this movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, like, first act. I I am the the first act of this movie is. Like this movie structurally is just bonkers bananas. Sure. Yeah. And I got the the first. Yeah. Go ahead, Kenny. No, Aaron. No, Kenny, please you. No, Aaron, you got the bigger piece of the wishbone. That's true. Yeah, but I already made my wish. Also true. Well, don't spoil it. Exactly. Just like you don't. And maybe if you go, maybe you'll make my wish come true. Well, maybe if you go. Then we won't even have to worry about this. So, All right, Aaron? Uh, that scene where he's prepping to fight those scorpion fish uh, gave me an idea for a D&D like, opening thing, and I'm really excited. That's it. Aaron, you had something to say? I was just going to say, it kind of felt like uh, Kong Skull Island meets like space in that first act um mm-hmm. but i will say i was kind of just like uh oh, this kind of put a bad taste in my mouth when we had the concubine scene with like yeah. all four of them i was like oh okay this is yeah it just I felt so male gazy and it was so forced I mean, this is, like it was this is the this this is the dark side of vin being able to be a diva which is he gets to prove his virility by having naked women in the bed and also it's kind of a trope of the fantasy genre that's certainly not to justify it that's just to contextualize why it might happen because riddick is not a character riddick is at this point an archetype and you make sure that the archetype is doing the coolest most badass things at all times and what's more badass than having four women uh, be naked in his bed and then one of those women is actually trying to double cross him but she stabs him in the wrong place yeah because women can't uh, so be trusted he's... right fellas it, to me it came off as to like they said I'm not desirable I'll show them like like it kind of yeah. made it, it it came off like I'm going to show them that I'm still relevant in 2013 and, and I'm going to show them that women still want me is how it came off and it was kind of gross yeah, yeah, it's gross. 100%. For sure. But you know what was uh, cool? Where uh, uh, he gets double-crossed by uh, Count? Uh, Lord Vaca? Vaca? No. Oh, the, when, when they the shoot, guy with on his face. The ledge. Yeah. I think his name is Count. 
Um, and because the guns looked really cool, those were cool guns and cool effects. Yes. And like that fight was just fun. So that was cool. The first 30 minutes of this movie straight up rule. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It is. Uh, what happens is that basically they just hit the reset button and pretend like Chronicles of Rick kind of happened, but not really. Mm-hmm. And they strand Riddick on a planet that's very similar to the first movie, but this one has nighttime. Yeah, this, this uh, felt like kind of like a soft reboot for Pitch Black. For sure. Um, And then basically Riddick is left alone for 30 minutes. Yeah. And... I, I I would be very excited to see a version of that without any narration, mm-hmm. where it's just watching Vin go around being fighting off CG and sometimes practical animals because it it was that was cool and fantastical and epic and the <laughs> CG to me looked super good and he just goes off was kind of shocking into like a wild west frontier mode like. Like he's yes. just exploring, and that part was cool. The only part was like, oh, this is just telling me about the movie, is that cheap space scene with the spaceships leaving, and I was like, that is a completely different Necromonger spaceship than the first one. But you tried really hard to make it look like the first one, mm-hmm. and it yeah. was just uh, that was my only thing that I could capture. Yeah yeah uh it was so obvious that they there's that one crowd shot of riddick in front of the necromongers and it's so clear that he just processed the last shot of chronicles of riddick to just look a little bit different so it matches the rest of the movie uh yeah oof but But that's that's okay because we try and take movies on their own terms the puppy was cute puppy was very cute puppy was cute Especially considering that it was a CG animal, yeah, which it's really difficult, in my opinion, to kind of feel anything for CG characters, even though Gollum kind of and Caesar, pretty much Andy, any Andy Circus. Well, well, also all the characters in Tintin. Okay, it's hard to feel things for CG things, uh, especially with a weird space dog, like they do have in the beginning of Riddick, and also just. Was it so CG the entire time? Like he, it, it wasn't just a prosthetic at one point. Maybe in like some close tight shots, but that uh, Riddick's puppy dog definitely, definitely CG, definitely. Because there was one point where I was like, I think it's real. I think it was like when he was holding him and he saved it from the, the from the uh, fish? the scorpion fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Maybe it's probably CG. Yeah, I mean, probably. it, it was—I'm uh, sure they had something for a reference point, but who knows? Yeah, James is right as per always. No, I like to think that it was James Gunn's brother in a, in a green Daryl suit. Gunn. Just, <laughs> just no, his name's Sean Gunn. Oh, that's a better name. Because that's his real name. Yeah, and I'm saying his real he name play- is better than the made-up name I came up for him. Because I didn't know hey, his real name. James, I like you. I like you, too. James? Yeah. Everything okay over there, buddy? Oh, I'm tired. Does this movie bum you out? No, I'm I'm tired, and uh, I just need to stretch out my legs. Because I've been hunching over 
after work all week. Oh, yeah. Like, open up my chest. I'll return to my normal pose. And that's that's made you depressed about Riddick? No. That was the sexual assault. No, the sexual assault. Yeah, Yeah, that's what bumps me out about Riddick. He says that her toe polish matches the color of her nipples. Yeah, shit like that That makes me depressed. Because, like... Why? Because, like, uh, we're framing Riddick to be, like, the ideal man, right? And a man doesn't say shit like that. Uh, A little boy who refuses to grow up says dumb shit like that. And it's like... That's... Don't do that. Yeah. What? The joy of these movies is watching Vin Diesel be perfect. Yeah. He is always the best at literally anything... In the first 30 minutes, he knows that there are some poisonous animals, so he slowly exposes mm-hmm. himself to the poison Yeah. so he can build up, and the dog, he exposes himself and the dog to the poison over time so he can build up an immunity yep. to it, which is, yes, that's what I want to see in these movies. Yeah, absolutely. That's more of the Chronicles of Riddick stuff. Yeah. He just knew. He just knew. And so that's what he does. And it's great. It's marvelous. Yeah. I I just don't get what the point of saying that shit is. Like, do you think it's arousing? Like, what? I I just don't. I know I'm asking the wrong folks because we none of us talk like that. But I just don't understand why those things. I don't. I don't know. Men are again. I don't understand men. men. Boys who refuse to grow up. Yeah. As Olivia would say. Men are trash. Men are trash. And it, I mean, true. It, it's just... I... It, to show that Riddick is a bad guy, because we've seen that Riddick is a good guy, and also I think that's just such a misguided th- thing to do. And also, because uh, filmmakers like to have women have sexual assault because you need feelings. Ugh. And what better way is there to generate feelings than by watching a woman be leered at or be sexually assaulted? See, this is why I go back to Birds of Prey and why every male director needs to watch that movie. Or every male director or a male who thinks they want to direct uh, needs to watch Birds of Prey so they know how to shoot women. And that sounds weird, but how to film women and how to actually like elicit feeling in a movie. Anyway, go watch Birds of Prey. It's a good film, despite what uh, your asshole uh, brother says. That's my soapbox. James has a point. Yeah, has a point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Riddick. We're talking about Riddick. If the movie was... I don't want to do this, because one of the things that I do enjoy about this movie is the weird, 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 weird structure because it's it's three different movies in one sure and also it doesn't i don't mind that because sometimes when movies have that issue of feeling kind of episodic like that it can feel like a problem but i don't necessarily mind it um and also like they would not have had the budget to do what i think would have been more structurally sound which is have the first act be all with the necromongers. Mm-hmm. The necromongers strand Riddick on the planet for the second act. He fights his way 
through the wilderness and then comes back for revenge in the third act. Right. And uh, kills Vako. Uh, without the two mercenary groups. But the two uh, mercenary groups. The best part of the movie. The, yeah. The best part of the movie was him kind of being alone, fighting nature. Yeah, yeah the opening. Because it was. It was unusually epic, especially for a movie that looks as chintzy as it does. I do think that this is probably the best directed of the Riddick movies. Yes. At least the first 30 minutes. It fits so strangely in the Riddick series. Like, it's just like, it's weird to say that arguably Pitch Black is the most fan favored of all of them. And wait, Pitch Black weird. is the most fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. What? Absolutely. Still. Why? I have no idea. Chronicles is it, way better. It's way better. Yeah, and 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 it's to me, it's like the third tier on the list. Yeah, and the one with the biggest budget that is the best is not loved at all. You could argue, <laughs> just five people, us three, Duran and Olivia, that that liked it. Like, <laughs> I, I it's just so strange and then you get to Riddick and it's just everything that they it, it's just felt like a soft reboot almost a pitch black yeah. and then at the same time it just it all the fun stuff you get from Chronicles you don't get in this one and I know his main goal was to make pitch black like the Hobbit of Lord of the Rings and then there was going to be a, a, a space you know space trilogy after that and it just I don't know, man. It's just so weird. <laughs> it feels weird. And I I can't imagine what it would be like for someone to watch this movie. And there are the weird references to Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that it feels self-contained enough. The The ending, even me watching the ending of this movie, I was just like, wait, what? What happened? because they 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 show up and they show up to the underverse like they go there but vako's gone we he go he just leaves off screen to the underverse and he transcends and we're supposed to be jazzed for the next movie which to be fair i am is there another chronicles of riddick there's only three aaron it it's supposed to happen Oh, but man. we'll have to wait another seven years, I think. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. I think the more miles that you put on Vin, pun intended, uh, the, the, the better that it's... I, the only re- thing that I can see them doing is like an old man Riddick where he's all grizzled and, and whatnot, and he comes back and he has to go criming some more. And I'd, I'd prefer that. I'd, 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 I'd just so... With Vin, you gotta lean into it. You gotta lean. You gotta lean in, lean into him taking himself seriously. If we start getting an old man Vin here in his in you know the third chapter of his career, you gotta lean into it. Don't don't do what you did here in Riddick, which was trying to make it misogynistic and and try to have us hate you. Because then I just then didn't I just hate care you. about you. Yeah, there I, there is something to letting yourself age on screen, as opposed to trying to appear in your 20s and 30s whenever you are 50 mm-hmm. 60 70 
it's 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 gross, especially with action stars, especially with uh, Stallone or Schwarzenegger or any of those other action stars that are trying to still bed women that are twenties in their twenties or thirties. It's it's it's, it's, gross. it's gross. And it goes back to boys who refuse to grow up and become men. Like, yeah, stop. yeah, and especially stop. with with those that you brought up specifically, Kenny. That that those people like. They were untouchable at that time in their careers in in their twenties and early thirties. They were untouchable. They were essentially gods in their in their you know platform. You know Rocky and and you know with Stallone and and Conan and all his pictures, like they were seemed untouchable. Well, you're gonna age, man, and you can't keep doing what you're doing, and it just comes off as a dirty old man, and it's weird. And you have the advantage with letting yourself get older on screen. You have the advantage of more assumed emotional weight mm-hmm. yeah. on top of it. You you mean more. Your persona means more. That's why uh, Rocky Balboa and Creed matters so much more because mm-hmm. it's Stallone and he looks the way that he does and he's still Rocky and he has all of this, just this baggage attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of a sidebar. I'm wondering if it is granted. Granted, always. Granted. So uh, kind of tangential onto this, I recently saw that, um, uh, wow, I I forgot his name. Um, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. I, Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford, thank you. The president from Air Force One? Yes, president from Air Force One. Uh, no, Harrison Ford said... Um, in regards to like the new like uh, reboot of Indiana Jones with like Chris Pratt and Indiana uh, Harrison Ford was like, no, I'm Indiana Jones. That character dies when I die. How do we feel about that? There, there's, there's no reboot of Indiana Jones. Yeah, because Harrison Ford Chris won't, Pratt. won't let that happen. Uh, good. We need less franchises. I just thought it was interesting that he was like, no, no, I am that character. No one else can do it. And when I die, that's great. There is no any the only reason they would do that. The only reason to do that would be just to capitalize on the IP. Just let right. things be. Yeah. Well, and also Star like... Wars would be. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk about Star Wars, which is so much less important than what you're talking about. Go I, on, I was just saying because like it kind of shows like Harrison Ford like aging with that character. Like he's not trying to preserve yeah. it. Back when Indiana Jones was back then, it was like, no, 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 it's just he's going to age and do stuff. Which I just thought was interesting. One of the many reasons that I love the Star Trek movie franchise, specifically the first six, because there's 13 Star Trek movies. When are we going to do that marathon? Uh, I I do it every day. (laughs) Um, ooh, I might watch some Star Trek later on. Do it. That sounds fun. You deserve it. But one of the things that you see in those movies that you don't see anywhere else is that the characters get older. Mm. And they talk about it in Star Trek 2. And then there's four more movies after that. So you get to see all of these older people doing all of these things pretty darn well. <laughs> and at some point they stop talking about them being old and they're just characters again you don't 
see that yeah. in franchises. Yeah. Period. We have a bad if, habit if they, of. If, no, I was just kidding. We have a, we have a bad habit of of showing our our human characters in franchises as being non human by not letting them age, not letting them develop, not letting them grow in that manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, the if they had made the Star Trek movies now which oh i guess they, this is exactly what they did in 2009 yeah they did this in the 2009 star trek movie they they brought back one original series character and went here i'm passing the torch to you you are the new crew now i am the past because apparently we just don't want to watch all of these old people d- do things as opposed to they still have lives. They still have emotionality. They're still going on emotional journeys. Go, go, do those things. As much as I like Logan, and I do, it's weird. It's it's weird, and I guess this is just a double standard because we want Vin Diesel to be old man Riddick. But the fact that Hugh Jackman, looking the way that he does at the beginning of his fifties, is playing the world weary, super haggard, just at the end of his rope, Logan. And he, he still kind of looks good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At that, it's so un. That's so unfortunate. It's 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 so unfortunate. I can understand just wanting to be done with that character, and also I'm just kind of I can't help but imagine the potency that would be if Hugh Jackman just kind of went away from it, then came back and did that story in his late sixties or mm-hmm. his seventies. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Our society just doesn't value elderly people. There's, it's so fixated on youth. Between 20 and 32, you are worthy in our society. And then especially for this is women. This my last year. Uh, yeah. This is your last year. But especially for women, as soon as you hit over 35, then quote unquote, your life's over, which is complete bullshit. And it's, I don't like our society. That's why I'm. I think it'll slowly start about. to change. I hope um, so. Especially with. And it's going to be dumb, and at least it's a start, but especially with, like, Clooney and George, Lo- uh, I mean, uh, George Lopez, Jennifer Lopez, and mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and, and Lopez, others, and, and well, he's he's kind of getting off his rocker a little bit. Um, yeah, probably. And, and as they, as others start to age, and we're like, oh, wow, because, like, and Jennifer Aniston is another one who they're like, wow, Jennifer Aniston and J-Lo are entering into their 50s. Like it, this is, it looks like where life is starting. So maybe that'll start to slowly unravel. But at the same time, you are talking about a very, very, very small percentage of people mm-hmm. who look that impeccable one, because, you know, they can afford to, and they have, yeah. you know, nutrition and exercise available to them. Um, and it's a very minute amount of people. So it, it, it'll shift to, well, you can be old, but you have to be 52 and look like J-Lo for us to right. value you. One of, th- one of the things that I really liked about Terminator Dark Fate, the last Terminator movie that came out, because there's six Terminator movies, is that Linda Hamilton looks the way that she does. Mm-hmm. Her, her face is not smooth. Her face is really, really, really wrinkly. Mm-hmm. Nice. And she looks the way that she does. Uh, it's not unnaturally smooth. She's got full gray hair and she was still kicking tail hell yeah, yeah dude and the fact that that happened at all 
just to this sounds awful but just to let her look that way which sounds so absurd and also like she looked like a granny yeah and also yes like yes she's a person let her do action yeah and also with what's her name from uh from halloween in the most recent adaptation uh, uh jimmy uh, what's her name jamie oh, lee curtis jamie lee yeah curtis. like she looked like a midwest grandma she mm-hmm. she had her shotgun she had her flannels and her sweater vest and she took down her brother like and it, like you said kenny it's very oh sorry oh n- <laughs> not not in that they're not related in the last halloween movie well not in the but you know what i mean like she takes down Spoilers. quote unquote anyway but still like the fact that she looks as like she does like she looks she looks like a normal grandma with long gray hair and wrinkles she was not as wrinkled as uh as what's her name in in terminator but she, she looks normal she looks like a normal woman in her 60s and i feel like we don't take advantage of that yeah two things you know two things number one if you will grant me a double sidebar uh, double granted, sidebar granted. granted one we are such good feminist allies oh. i just want to let's let's pat so ourselves good. on the back so stop talking good. about it we're so good we're like, amazing we are just the best allies let's keep talking about how good of allies we are because that doesn't undermine anything let's we're such great allies and number two number two let's get paul giamatti an action franchise yeah we're we're talking about seeing more representations of uh old ugly people I lo- let's put I love to let's put giamatti in a taken that don't don't great. change him to be beefy that would be phenomenal let's throw let's an extra 40 pounds on him too let, let's let's make him prime giamatti yes! let's yes Let's have him be the size of Tim Allen and the Santa Claus. Uh, which clause? The the first one. Okay. The, the one that's a, an Aaron agreement. Three, the escape clause. Okay, let's let's build this movie. Let's build this Paul Giamatti action movie because I want Aaron to Photoshop a poster for us this week for our promo. Uh, it's gonna be uh, a Mission Impossible plus Taken, but in the universe of Fast and the Furious. Taken Impossible. Uh, the family. I'm behind that. Yeah. I'm. I'm behind it being called Taken Impossible for sure. Okay, what, uh, what's uh, the log line of this film? Uh, I'm. Things are I'm about to get sideways. <laughs> Bravo! Uh, well, Aaron, you you have to make this movie poster now. <laughs> Things are about to get sideways. Uh, and the villain is Jet Li. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's this uh, schlubby New York born and bred dude that's just going hand to hand against Jet Li. Yeah, absolutely. And somehow clumsily wins. Like, Yeah, for sure. G- Giamatti hands Jet Li his butt. What if uh for sure Giamatti is a drunken master? Like from Mortal no, Kombat? I want to pl- I want to play it serious. I want to play it serious. That's a I don't want it to be technique. a joke. It's well, a real technique. Cuz Jackie But that's a Jackie Chan movie where he gets drunk and he's a master. 
No, that's a like a legitimate like martial art technique where you get drunk really? and yeah. fight. <laughs> like that's a real thing. Oh. You don't actually get drunk, so play- but it, it's the movements of being unpredictable. So we play that. Ooh, okay. We're playing that serious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm for that. I'm definitely for that. James, as per always. Oh, and and the the reason that sets him off is is Jet Li says he's a big fat liar, and that just like really makes Giamatti mad, and and so that's wait is this Giamatti playing himself in this? Yeah, it might. It's It's turning out auto autobiographical uh, auto (laughs) autobiography. It's it's his memoir. This is his closing. It's a video memoir. Paul Giamatti is Paul Giamatti and Take It Impossible, the true story. And it's just a revenge movie of him trying to get revenge on Jet Li, who is, I'm hoping, also playing himself. Yeah, 100%. Sure. And it's just a a dark, grim and gritty take it style where Paul Giamatti is an action hero. I I think we can get Christopher Nolan attached. Yeah, I think so. He's not doing anything. Nah. I mean, he How just great is Paul movie. Giamatti? He's great. God, like, I just watched. I I started watching Inside Amy Schumer for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that show is hilarious, and also one of the great pieces of television is the episode Twelve Angry Men Inside Amy Schumer, where they straight up do the film Twelve Angry Men, but instead of trying to debate the innocence of this guy that's on trial for murder. Mm-hmm. They're trying to debate if Amy Schumer is hot enough to be on TV. And they play it so straight. That's And Paul Giamatti is one of the jurors that's debating on it. And he's just like, it's so serious. It's, it's brilliant. What a great film, 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men. Uh, hot take. I know no one else thinks this, but I think 12 Angry Men is a great movie. It's great. I, I used to think it was great, and then I had to watch a one-act play of it for high school. Oh, Never mind. And, and it went from 12 Angry Men to 12 Angry Jurors, because they didn't have 12 men on their theater crew. It was a hard 40 minutes. It was a very difficult 40 minutes to get through. And it has always put a bad taste in my mouth ever since. But Paul Giamatti, I am always down for him. Paul Giamatti is great. Paul Giamatti is great. But the actor that we're covering is Vin Diesel in the movie that we're covering is Riddick. And with that transition, we'll end both sidebars. Sure. That's a double sidebar sidebar close. Uh, Olivia, hit us with that stinger. Sidebar, sidebar close. Have y'all ever seen uh, an American story? Is that what it is with Paul Giamatti? Nope. No. Highly recommend it. I had to watch it for for a college class. Uh, It is a narrative biography about this grumpy man from New York. Oh, American Splendor. American Splendor. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, I got it on my DVD shelf. I love that movie. I'm pointing to it. Oh, wonderful. Is that a, a metal box no Aaron, are you but holding it's not a metal box no it's an alpha oh, okay i kind of thought it was a knife. Oh, are you just hanging out with a knife uh, speaking of uh metallic phallic symbols uh riddick. that one kill in riddick 
where he the trap chops Santana's oh. head in half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the bear, the, the bear, bear trap traps cool. also. Oh yeah, but also whenever he, what happens? The machete gets thrown up into the ceiling. It gets stuck. Riddick is handcuffed because people like to trap Riddick. Yeah, but because Riddick's the smartest and the most badass badass, the machete falls down. He catches it on his foot, successfully balances it on his foot, then kicks the machete across the room hard enough to chop Santana in half mouthways, Heath Ledger Joker style, chops his head off, the head falls off, and so you see like the jaw and the tongue and the, the brain, and it's genuinely one of my favorite kills that I've ever seen in a movie. And we needed it's 10 incredible. more of them. It, it was, it, it, we needed more Riddick badass scenes like that. It needed to be, I, I would have loved for it to be more like Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and less pitch black. Yeah. I understand why it happened, but it's the wrong choice. <laughs> uh, question for the panel. Proceed. Who would win in a fight? Paul Giamatti or Vin Diesel? Dom, no, Dom Stretto or Riddick? Oh, because Dom can never lose. Well, hold on. Okay, what's at their disposal? Do they have any weapons? Do they have any allies? Uh, No allies. One v one. Hang them high. Pistols only. Hand pistols. Do they have wrenches? I mean, Dom can find a wrench. Damn, Dom is a wrench. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, damn! No, I, 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 I think that Riddick would win because even if they have no weapons, Riddick would just take a look at Dom and just break his arm, then use the elbow as a knife. But Dom can't lose. That's canon. Yeah, but Riddick. Not only can Riddick not lose; it's never even entered his mind. Like That's if fair. someone goes, Riddick, you you could lose. Uh, he would be like, no. <laughs> and, and Dom wouldn't lose. He would die. But isn't that losing? Eh, In this context, anyway? <laughs> yeah. Uh, death is death is not bad. It's just you losing. In in this situation. I love framing it in that hyper-masculine way. <laughs> if you die, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a death match... Yeah, technically. Yeah, my money's on Riddick. My money is. Yeah. I'm going for Dom, y'all. But I like underdogs. <sighs> if he's got a wrench, he might. If there's a wrench, there's a way. The Dom has two wrenches. <laughs> if he's got two wrenches, a Kimbo oh, wrenches. Baby. Oh boy, do we have anything else to say about Riddick? Uh, they did Katie Sackoff wrong. Yeah, put Katie Sackoff in. Well, I guess Katie Sackoff's in the Mandalorian, which is a great step. Uh, so is Mandalorian canon more stuff to Riddick? It is now. No, they're connected. But you put you put Katie Sackoff in better properties because she's genuinely a great actress. Uh, and she needs more shots. Uh, I, also, also not enough Keith David. I was damn it, Kenny. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Oh, so sorry. I'm sorry. But not enough Keith David. 
Uh, not enough urban, in my opinion, either. Um, yeah. Not enough Batista, either. And, like, Batista's fun. Like, whenever, like, they're trying to figure out if it's the same dog from the night before. <laughs> uh, Must have been a different one. No, like, it's a different it's dog. We killed that Fun, one. cute little lines like that. Like, ah. Might be the same dog. What if the movie was just Vako hunting Riddick across that planet? Dude. Dude. That, you don't need much. That's a Metal Gear Solid territory that I think would like. And again, holy shit, Kenny. Again, we start dipping into the Mayan conversion story of, of or and the Aztec conversion story of, of an Aztec warrior trying to escape the conversion. Like, like Riddick gives in a little bit to the Necromonger way a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I'm vibing with it. And then he's like, no, I got to go back to my ways. I'm a Furian. And then he goes to the planet. And then Vako's like, perfect. Now I can have my opportunity. And like, they try and battle it out. And then like, we end up on like the, the shores of this beautiful beach. And they're just battling it out, battling it out. And they both realize that neither of them deserve the title that they want. And they both just end themselves. Because that's the only proper way that they're allowed to die. And I think you just wrote your first, or you wrote another screenplay. No, that's the ending to Paul Giamatti's Taken Impossible. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game, gentlemen. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Boom, da, boom, boom, splat. I mean, on principle, I had to give this movie a half star on Letterboxd. Yeah. Because the the gross sexual politics of this movie tanks it. It's gross. I will gladly pay the thirty dollars. Where pitch blacks in in, on your on your rating? Was it a one star? uh, Let's save that for after the Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh oh. because we should we should rank we should rank the series. Uh let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass fail system that assigns percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a survey of how many people liked it. In a rare head-to-head bout, uh, James the Fightmaster fight versus Aaron Too Fluffy Too Furious Salinas. We'll be asking our panelists here for two numbers, one being the critical score on Rotten Tomatoes as well as the audience score, and they will have to give me the guess of being closest without going under. Uh, starting with Captain Fight of the HMS Anime, out of 170 critical reviews, what do you think the approval rating is for Riddick? Wait, how many? 170 critical reviews. Oh, that's way more than I thought. I'm going to have to change my answer. Uh, I'm going to say 37%. 37 in a row? Yes, in a row. Great. Of percentage. Why 37, James? Well, I thought maybe only five people saw this film so i was gonna give it a 17 but then uh you said a much higher number and i gave it 20 more percent that is certainly a strategy Uh, mr salinas would you care to employ a different strategy i'm gonna say 29 29 percent i i feel like out of all the folks that that watched it the ones who did like it were probably for the first act and then yeah. they just got turned off by everything else. Yeah. Interesting strategy. Unfortunately, you are both losers. 
The correct answer is 57%. Whoa. Really? That is much higher higher than Chronicles of Riddick. What? That is sad. What was Chronicles? That pisses me off. Chronicles of Riddick was in the 20s. Wow. That makes me so Uh, mad. Yeah. (coughs) But perhaps with the critical score in mind, your audience scores might be different, or maybe it will stay the same, or maybe you'll just decide that the Rotten Tomatoes game is the worst and then fire me for the podcast. Anything That's what go. you want. You have to double duty. No, I like this Aww, game. I like preparing I things so, I could, so we could play games. Out of 97,328 audience reviews, starting with Mr. Salinas, Tokyo Drift, what do you <laughs> think the audience approval rating is for Riddick? Oh, man, I can't wait till I'm Aaron Los Bandoleros, Salinas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shoot I'm, I'm, all right i'll if people seem to be vibing with it i'll say 61 61 percent. well it wasn't just people it's professional film critics yeah no, this and, was and this is audience isn't it yeah this th- is audience but professional if, if people were oh i see it. i i okay yeah, yeah. but also as we've established in the rule aaron has already set the number so he's locked in locked in so you couldn't change it, even if my commentary might have changed it for you. Given me and the advantage. Certainly. He already has an advantage. He has the HMS anime. I do. And That's friendship true. will overcome <laughs> anything, even defeat. Uh, I'm going to say, I know there's a... Listen, I know there's a lot of people who vote for it, but you can also just shit on a thing a lot. So I'm going to say 40%. 40%. You sounded like the way we vote in this country. <laughs> it's true. I hate our voting system <laughs> and our politics. Hey, you guys want to hear something edgy? Yeah. I think both sides are wrong. Shut up. <laughs> the system yeah. sucks, dude. Cap- capitalism's for suckers. I mean, capitalism does suck. It is. It's I mean, awful. Yeah, yeah, for no, sure. Like, but also, Reagan, like, did you know that both everything. sides are bad? Right. Ugh. Oh, yeah, one supports Nazis. <laughs> like one actively, one side actively supports Nazis. I, there, there was a Twitter post that uh, someone said, "If it looks like I'm sad, don't think it's something wrong in my personal life." Some people just get caught up thinking about capitalism, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I felt <laughs> that." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, perhaps you can have some good feelings, Aaron, because you are the winner of the audience round. Hey. The correct answer is fifty-six percent. Wowza. What was audience for critical uh, chronicle? Fifty nine. Uh, great question. Let me pull up my notes. Uh, do where is it? I can always lose this folder, and it's always in the same spot. Funny how that works. The audience approval rating was sixty five percent. Oh wow! <laughs> Much higher than the critical. Well, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at... Wait, we didn't rank them! Oh, yeah. We got to rank them. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Pitch Black. Uh, well, the cool parts of this 
is number two, but the gross stuff is I'm just editing out and then pitch black. Kenny? Yeah, Chronicles pitch black, Riddick. Unfortunately, uh, the if if there was not gross sexual assault in this movie, that would be considerably higher. But it genuinely ruins the movie. Uh, Chronicles, Riddick, Taken Impossible, Pitch Black. Taken Impossible coming to the theaters in 2025. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. Kenny, what's the $10 level? At the $10 level, you'll get a monthly picture of one of our hosts, Nice Feet, along with a nice haiku written either by Aaron or James. Uh, Aaron, what's the $7 level? Behind-the-scenes photos? I close enough behind the scenes. You got it. Hey. Close enough. Uh, and then five dollar is uh, all the juicy bits that we talk about before we record the podcast. And two dollar level is where um, you get to listen to our other host Olivia talk about Shane Watch TV, and she's currently watching The Bachelor. At apparently things are getting wild. Her words, not mine. I don't watch it, but she does, and she loves it. And uh, we also. Oh, you also get access to our marathon episodes and our commentary episodes. And we say your name on the podcast, starting with Kenny Madison of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith of Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson of Tulsa. Okay. Jennifer Steinberg of Austin, Texas. Herc of Austin, Texas. Uh, Ian Keegan of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu of San Marcos, Texas. Why did I think Danny lives somewhere else? Anyway, uh, Miranda Suarez of San Antonio, Texas. Irene Suarez of San Antonio, Texas. Nolan Barger of Oklahoma City. Okay. Good job. Uh, Able, just Able. Of Austin, Texas. The con save. Of Stephenville, Texas. Uh, uh, <laughs> how do you say this name? Ileana Kumo? Who? Guys, I can't read. I don't I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, is it Holly? Yeah, but that's not Holly on the name. It's not Holly on there. It's Holly Cuomo. That's not what the name says. Okay. <laughs> of Austin, Texas. I, I, I only go by what's on the sheet. I'm like Ron Burgundy. It's, it's crazy. We've gone over how to pronounce Abel's name with you twice now. I don't remember things. Aku. Oh, yeah. Aku. Aku. And then. La. Yeah. Uh, Akula. What is, and what is my bit? What is your, what is your business? It's Nanya. Nanya. None. Cool. So you take a coup and then take out the none part. Yeah. And you yeah. go a kuya. Yeah. But you put an N in front of it. Acuna. Hey. Yes. Acuna. Anime references help. Anime references do help. You got to meet James on his level, just Acuna. like we meet the movies. Yeah. I live in my own world. It's pretty great. 
Uh, anyway, until next time, our watch is now in a dive. Wait, wait, wait. I'll go between the fourth and fifth podcast. Give a little twist at the end to make sure. Here's what screws me up. It's because the AC... Hold on.